You're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Laura Weber Davis, co-hosting this week with Chuck Wilbur, a former WDET news director and longtime public policy consultant. The Democratic Party has focused a lot on the cost of higher education, and Bernie Sanders got Hillary Clinton to move closer to his proposal to make college tuition free. But what do we know about how Republicans are approaching education in this election cycle? Well, the answer is not a whole lot. However, last night, Donald Trump Jr. did say this. The other party gave us public schools that far too often fail our students, especially those who have no options. Growing up, my siblings and I, we were truly fortunate to have choices and options that others don't have. We want all Americans to have those same opportunities. Our schools used to be an elevator to the middle class. Now they're stalled on the ground floor. They're like Soviet-era department stores that are run for the benefit of the clerks and not the customers, for the teachers and the administrators and not the students. You know why other countries do better on K-12? They let parents choose where to send their own children to school. That's called competition. It's called the free market. And it's what the other party fears. That was Donald Trump Jr. last night speaking about education during his speech, promoting his father, Donald J. Trump, um, and sort of e- echoing the sentiments that Donald Trump himself has said. Uh, here's a quote that he has said about schools of choice. Education reformers call this school choice, charter schools, vouchers, even opportunity scholarships. I call it competition the American way, end quote. Joining Chuck and I today is Chastity Pratt-Dossi, who talks about education frequently on this program. She's a reporter with Bridge Magazine. Chastity, welcome. Hello, Detroit. So what have you been following so far as far as the presidential um, election is concerned? Is there anything that stands out for you as you're following education issues that you're like, yeah, that's something that we can latch on to and really um, make sense here in the city of Detroit or in the state of Michigan. Well, it's interesting um, that the Clinton administration, of course, she ran before, so she has sort of a platform that she's been um, adding to. And of course, Trump has not run before, so he doesn't really have much besides a lot of uh, criticisms. He's not put out his platform yet. But last night when Donald Trump Jr. said, we want others to have the same choices I had, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, you were rich. I want those choices too. <laughs> I want those private school choices, those choices to go to rich school districts. Right. And then he went on to talk about competition, those two comments didn't go together he's saying you know he wants everyone to have the same choices he had and you know that competition is the way his choices weren't charter schools his choices weren't vouchers but a competition charters vouchers those are the things that um the trump uh or the trump folks have been touting it's very interesting and it's very important here in michigan because charter schools are always at the top of the conversation here well i guess that would be my question as far as the influence that a president trump could have over choice throughout the country how much of that even how much of that can even be dictated from the federal level chuck do you know well you know we haven't seen a president make vouchers a main thrust of their education policy so i don't know if what we're seeing in donald trump's own comments or his son's comments whether they're signaling the willingness to go further than other republican leaders have gone on that issue um, clearly at the state level you know we have constitutional prohibitions in michigan that are now in 
play because of the legislation that Governor Snyder recently signed. Those issues are being revisited in Michigan. But we have a pretty strong constitutional ban against vouchers in Michigan, and the voters have been asked to relax that ban previously, and the voters said Currently a pretty too, strongly no to that to that proposition. Yeah. So I still think that's likely to be dealt with more at the state level. Mm-hmm. But with Donald Trump, uh, you never know. There is a w- element of wild card. As Chastity noted, he doesn't have the detailed policy positions on education that you would expect literally from a candidate for legislative office in Michigan, let alone a candidate for president. Right. And I- it's interesting because he, he said, you know, education and health care are very important, but we've not seen that platform, uh, some details to, um, you know, replace what he says, you know, isn't working. Bernie Sanders really gained a lot of momentum among younger voters, um, the millennial sect, if you will, uh, with an idea of relief from from student loans, but also going forward, some relief from tuition as well. Uh, I'm curious if we think that Donald Trump could pick up any of that because Hillary Clinton is certainly not necessarily gaining a lot of those people, even though she's come closer to Bernie Sanders on that. Chastity, do you see Trump being able to pull in any of those Bernie people? Well, what his advisors have said, you know, is diametrically opposed to everything that Bernie Sanders has said. Um, you know, the, this whole idea that, you know, capitalism and competition will make everything better. You know, he, he says, you know, when you're applying for loans, that the bank should be the first go-to, not the federal government. And we all know that the federal government loans and Pell Grants have been a huge assistance to people, especially low-income people. So there's a worry there from the Bernie side that, you know, if we make it such that the federal government gets out of the loan business altogether, how is that going to affect people who already have limited college access, who have, you know, low income, who might not have the credit to get these sorts of loans. Chastity, I wonder if this is just another issue that shows this evolution of the split between this candidate and other Republicans, Tea Party Republicans, and the business community. I mean, the business community believes pretty strongly in national educational standards, supported Common Core from the beginning. And here you have a candidate who wastes no opportunity to diss Common Core. Right. Absolutely. And one thing that I I do um, continue to wonder about is, you know, this whole conversation of, of Common Core. Uh, and, and it kind of dovetails into the conversation about competition. Uh, he's saying no Common Core, not really saying what we should do instead of Common Core. And of course, Hillary Clinton is saying, you know, Common Core is a good thing. Let's keep it. But when we look at Common Core, it's really based on what happened in with the Massachusetts Common Core standards. And we, while we don't know that charter schools, which came up in the same era as Massachusetts come back. We don't know that charter schools have really done what we wanted them to do. We, we can't say uh, definitively that charter schools, which came out of the early 90s, have been a huge ac- academic gain for us. But we do know that Massachusetts, which had its reform in the early 1990s, at the same time as advent of charter schools, has Massachusetts has become hugely successful. Mm-hmm. If it were a country of its own, it'd be the sixth highest, you know, performing state. I mean, country in the world. We know what they're doing in Massachusetts has worked, and and that's what the Common Core. You know, they they basically use the Common Core, but even more to the point. What happened in Massachusetts was led by the business community saying higher standards, more investment. And and if Massachusetts is a guide, which maybe it should be, it makes me wonder why aren't the candidates, both Clinton and Trump, saying let's do what they did there, higher standards, more investment. 
You're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Laura Weber-Davis. I'm joined by Chuck Wilbur and Chastity Pratt-Dossie. We're talking about the Republican convention and what right now what the, we know about how the Republicans are approaching education policy going forward. Chuck, you and I have talked a little bit over the past day or two about how education plays into the economy. Um, how easy could it be for the Republicans to draw that narrative about you know, improving schools as being uh, something that also boosts the economy. If they're going to use the economy mm-hmm. and that general sense of the economy not being in a good place and jobs not being as good as they've been projected, um, how much can they focus on education as as a way to bolster that economy? Well, they could go there, but it seems at this point they're much more interested in using education just as an issue to make a negative case against Democrats, against Hillary Clinton, than they are to develop a general prescription. I mean, they're in the situation of feeling that if this is a change election, that Americans want change, that they want to ride that horse as far as they can without defining what that change is. No details. Make America great again. Well, if we're going to make education great again, what are we going to do, folks? We've not heard yet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's going to do it for today. I want to thank Chastity Pratt-Dossie, who comes here every single week, or just about, uh, to talk about education issues. Uh, Hopefully we'll hear a little bit more substance uh, next week at the Democratic Convention about education and the future of education in our country, because certainly that's something that matters a lot to our region. So we'd like to hear a little more detail from our presumptive nominee next week, hopefully. Uh, And I want to thank Chuck Wilbur for joining me on day one of our venture together. He'll be here throughout the week talking about the Republican Convention. uh, Tomorrow we're going to talk to Tim Alberta. He joins us frequently to talk about politics, and he will join us from Cleveland to discuss and rehash the speeches tonight. Tune in and then tune in tomorrow to talk about what you heard last night. 313-577-1019 is the number. We'll hear from you tomorrow. I'm Laura Weber Davis. Jake Neer produced this program. Joan Isabella is our program director. Technical director is Matthew Trevethan. Thank you to associate producer Aaliyah for answering phones today. And the Detroit Today theme song was composed by WDET's Sam Bobian. Subscribe to the WDET Detroit Today podcast right now at iTunes. We'll see you tomorrow.